This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Eddie DeBartolo, and you're listening to The Eye Test for Two with Clark Judge and Ira Kaufman. Welcome to the second half of this week's Eye Test for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And we are both Hall of Fame voters, joined as we always are by our Hall of Fame producer, Mr. Ian Glendon. Now, if you're wondering why we're playing that music coming into the segments, because of an introduction to our next guest. Now, remember earlier this week when I said we'd have somebody perfectly suited to this time of year on with this program? Well, he's yes. here with us, and he's here with us now, and I'm talking about former 49ers linebacker Keena Turner, now a VP and senior advisor to GM John Lynch. He was also a friend of the show, John Lynch. Anyway, but we're talking to Keena today, and not about the 49ers. No, Ira, we're not talking to him about 49ers. Mm-hmm. We're talking to him about himself, because Keena Turner did, to me, the improbable and the wonderful last month at the age of 62 when he graduated from Purdue University with his daughter, Ella, 41 years after Keena left the West Lafayette, Indiana campus for the San Francisco 49ers. Keena, thanks so much, first of all, for joining us and congratulations. Uh, thanks, thanks so much, uh, Clark. It uh, was a special moment. Uh, like you'd imagine, a uh, wonderful opportunity for me to spend uh, that uh, my daughter's special day with her in that way and obviously having my own accomplishment as a part of it. So it was pretty darn cool. Let me ask you a question coming right out of the gate. My understanding is, you can correct me if I'm wrong, when you left Purdue, you were a couple of uh, credits short of graduating. And when you went to the 49ers, you completed your degree at USF, correct? I did, yeah, and I probably was more than a couple short at Purdue, <laughs> Clark. I think you're being, I think you're being kind, uh, but obviously the time spent at uh, USF helped me when I came back and, and kind of started that conversation with Purdue. Okay, so you you yeah. got a diploma from USF, correct? Um, but why was it so important for you to go back to West Lafayette, Indiana, and complete what you hadn't finished before? Yeah, I, and and that's a great question, Clark. And I tell you, over you know over time, my my wife, uh, who's a Notre Dame grad, uh, was really the force behind it all. She, you know, pushed uh, pushed and pulled us up this mountain over the last twelve years or so. She kind of you know way back said, "Hey, listen, you you know you you spent all this time at Purdue. That's important." And and so unbeknownst to me, she kind of went back and contacted Purdue and was trying. To to orchestrate this uh, around my 50th birthday and it just didn't happen it didn't come together Uh, the kids were growing up and once Ella decided to go to Purdue which was a very which was a surprise also you know uh, it you know my wife kind of breathed life back into it all and the discussion started and once the opportunity was on the table that if I finished and completed this I'd have this opportunity to walk with Ella then I was in, right? So, you, you know, I was I was chasing it, you know, full speed at that point. 
So you were trying to get a degree in organizational leadership, correct? Yeah, so it, the Purdue degree is an organizational uh, leadership. Uh, at right. USF, uh, I finished up an organizational behavior. So right. kind of same track. Right. right. So, and you, and uh, you yeah. took your classes virtually, and, and one was in science, which is physical geography, and then one was in upper management, supply chain management. Right. And yet you're still trying to do your job with the 49ers. How in the world did you find it? <laughs> well, listen, I had this crazy idea, you know, because I had some options, right, uh, to not, you know, to kind of take it in our off season. I said, nah, you know, I want to take it during the season because I, I want to leave the off season free. <laughs> and yeah. what was I thinking? Uh, not knowing what proctored uh, uh, quizzes would be like and, and you know, you know the, the hour change from east to west and having to get all these things done in some timely manner. So it definitely was challenging. And so it, looking back, there was some pretty funny moments along with it. And uh, uh, but it worked out. And, uh, you know, looking back, like, you know, you have some accomplishment like that. You can smile about it. But there were times when I had everybody in the house and people on the phone helping me get through it. <laughs> Kena, I've been uh, Kena, I've been looking at your uh, your career. It, it, it's remarkable. Kena, it is remarkable. And, you know, I think you're a testament to right person, right time, right situation. Yeah. Keeney, you come in in 1980, the 49ers are on the rise. By year two, you're, you know, you're, you're hoisting up the Lombardi trophy. Keeney, you play 18 playoff games, you know, yeah. in, in the 80s. You, you go 14 yeah. and four, you win four rings. Uh, what a ride it was. You ever think, Keena, about um, just how fortunate it, it, it was for you to be uh with that franchise at that time? Oh, for sure, Ira. I mean, I, I, I lead off by saying uh, lucky and blessed uh, to have had the experiences and the life and the relationships and the folks that I met along the way. I mean, I could go down the laundry list of Bill Walsh to Dr. Harry Edwards and all of my teammates from Ronnie and Joe and Fred, all the Hall of Famers that I played with. I mean, you know, things lined up, right, for uh, a kid out of Chicago, Southside, who probably wouldn't have went to college if not for sports, if not for football. Uh, the coaches I had along the way, we just lost Leon Burnett, uh, who was my defensive coordinator at Purdue. And that that dude believed in me, you know, as a player when I didn't when I was still trying to figure things out in West Lafayette as an athlete. And so just so fortunate that all of the folks along the way had an influence and tapped me in a way or believed in me enough. Uh, to get me through it. And even on the, the, the degree side of it, you know, Harry Edwards started a, a degree completion program uh, at the 49ers that I participated in. It was because of him and a promise to mom to finish that, you know, USF was a possibility. And I finished that uh, degree kind of when I was working for Bill at Stanford as an assistant coach. And so, you know, just all along the way, man, I had some very, uh, you know, amazing people take an interest or be a part of. And so, so the career, you know, I mean, I go all the way back to Notre, you know, playing Notre Dame at Purdue and, uh, you know, Joe's senior year, he's the 
you know, third string quarterback and we're beating a butt and he comes in in the third quarter to beat us and goes on to his, you know, his stardom and the rest is history. So when I walked in the door at the 49ers, I looked over and saw him and I said, well, I know who that dude is and I know what he can do. So, you know, from there, it was just about riding them coattails, man. (laughs) Kenny, you you played in so many memorable games. You know, you start with the the Dwight Clark catch game or whatever and and so many positives. But, Kenny, you also played in a game that uh, you probably want to forget. And and I I think it was your last game, Kenny. I believe it was. Going for the three peat and, and and losing that game 15-13 to the Giants at the at the stick. Um what what sticks out to you about that game and and how much do you regret that you didn't get that three peat? Well, Ira, I tell you, man, there are two usually when people uh, ask about the career, the first thing I say is uh, you know, I won four because everybody leaves with that, but I should have won six. Uh, as a player and the two that got away were the two NFC championship games, right? We lost one to the Redskins and the one you mentioned uh, to the Giants. And that those are the two things I think about the most, right? Because they got away. And uh, and so for sure, uh, the three-peat would have been special, but really it was the idea, you know, we lost that opportunity, didn't get that game, but it was two of them, right? The Redskins, sorry, I, I went all into the Washington thing, but I, you know, I, they, they go together to me, right? You lose a, you lose NFC championship, they go together, man. You just Kena, can't uh, separate them. <laughs> Kena, I, I was at the game at RFK. I, I was well, at that game. And right. there were some weird, there were some weird uh, pass interference calls at the end of that game. Strange, strange. You know what, I, I'm glad you framed it up that way. <laughs> Not just weird, but bad. You know, <laughs> just unbelievably bad calls. Right, one on Ronnie, and yeah. one on Eric Wright. Eric yeah. Wright was out of bounds. Ronnie was on the backside of the play. Him in the tight end, he was covering. Was just kind of looking at the play on the other side, and he gets flagged. So yeah, something was going on. <laughs> but, but talk about that. Talk about that Giants game, Keenan. Yeah. So uh, and 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 listen, it, it, you know, uh, we had the fumble in the game at the end, late in the game, and that turned the ball over and gave the Giants an opportunity late in the game. And uh, I think we got lost it by the field goal, right? So defense held a little bit, but not enough. So just a tough way to lose the game and, and obviously hard fault. Not Take nothing away from the Giants. Darn good football team. Uh, but that was one, you know, that 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 should have been five, right? Really, and like I said, it should be six in my mind. We're speaking with the 49ers, Keena Turner on the eye test for two. And Keena... Since we're going to history path here, let's follow on that game. Um, that fumble, unfortunately, was committed by Roger Craig, who was a great player. He was a great player. And some people, unfortunately, remember Roger for that play, which is so unfair. But um, we are in the room with the Hall of Fame when his name comes up. Yeah. And, we, and, and Ira and I believe very strongly that Roger Craig should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm going to ask you... I'm sure you believe that as well, but what made Roger Craig such a special back? 
Well, it's great to hear uh, you and Ira express that because I absolutely feel that Roger deserves uh, to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, when I think about the player that Roger was, uh, he was he was a versatile running back that could do everything, you know, and so uh, he, he played fullback, which meant he was a blocker uh, for Wendell Tyler. He played halfback, which meant he got the rock and was responsible. He had a determination in his style of running. He was a hard, forceful runner who had speed, who could get outside, and he could catch the ball, right? And so, you know, the first guy to do the thousand, thousand thing, I mean, I, it, it's hard for me, you know, to understand what what folks don't see, right? It, what you don't see in a guy, because he brought everything to the table for us and just an attitude and a leadership built the right way to do everything that we needed done. So I'm, I'm perplexed at why not yet. I know there are situations uh, where that happens, you know, I don't, I don't, and you guys can tell me, you know, I don't know that it's always about simply all of the numbers. I think the totality of a guy's contribution is a part of it. And when you look at Roger Craig and the statements he made in his play and his effort and the achievements that we accomplished over that career, I, I, I don't I don't know what we're missing. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Keenan. So is Ira, and that's why we call this the eye test for two, because honestly, in our vision or way we see it all you've got to do is watch him if he yeah. passes the eye test i don't need any numbers to know how good yeah. he was i watched him play and so did ira and you know the impact he had on defenses so he passed the eye test and he was a special player so um just to let you know that you, he at least has a couple of uh, people in that room who are pushing him and more than a couple push him and i hope he does cross the finish line at some point um speaking of crossing the finish line i want to get back to what happened in mid-may in purdue and you talked about um there were some funny experiences what was the toughest experience from you i'm i assume the managing your time was toughest but but yeah. but was tough but what was the toughest experience to get to the finish line well i it, I think it's, you know, like most things, Clark, it's, you know, making the, the you know, taking the first step, you know, yep. deciding to attack it. And I, once you get in that mode, you know, then it's, it's a go. So it's kind of all of those things to get to go. Because once we said, let's go, then, you, you know, I have a wonderful, you know, family who was supportive and pushing and, and, and cheering for me. And I have my own, you know, pride about wanting to accomplish it. And, you know, we never really, I never really thought about how long it had been, to be honest with you, you know, and, and once I saw the number 40 years or so, <laughs> Uh, I said, wow, you know, that's, that's quite a long time, you know, but I think it's like a lot of things you have to, you have to decide that you're going. And then once you go, it's, it's the effort that, that, uh, that you have to put into it. So, so for sure, uh, you know, proctored quizzes, you know, by midnight and, uh, you know, wanting to be perfect, which I think was a part of, you know, my education around, uh, Bill, 
and, and his perfection and approach, you know, uh, my daughter told me tons of times, dad, we got to move on. That's good. We're pretty good here. Let's move on to the next part of the slide in this project. We got to get it done. You know? so, well, Keenan, so, let me uh, ask you, let me ask you, usually it's the parents helping the kids with their homework. Yeah. Did your daughter have to help you with the homework? Oh, yeah. You know, just on some of the technology side of it, everything is done with clicks and yeah. and movements. And so I, I needed help navigating, you know, through the online process and I mean, uploading my homework and uploading and getting myself, you know, set up for proctor, proctor quizzes all was an exercise for me that was pretty new. <laughs> Okay, now I'm, I'm going to, uh, 1992, Kena, you're, you're on a staff in Stanford, Bill Walsh's staff. Right. And there's, there's a senior defensive back, Kena. He's pretty good, but right. he throws a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, <laughs> and he's thinking about baseball. Right. And I don't believe you were coaching DBs at, at that time. Uh, but what was your interaction with this uh, young man named John Lynch and and did you ever think that he was going to go on and have that kind of career uh, in the NFL? Well, I tell you, the, uh, I'm really happy, obviously, that Bill uh, sat down with John uh, when we got there and talked John into coming back, right? Because John, to your point, Ira, kind of had, you know, another career out at, that he could absolutely go do. And Bill talked him into coming back uh, for a fifth year and playing football, you know, and, and what the opportunities could be for him if he did that. And obviously John chose to come back. And so what you saw right away in John was an unbelievably determined athlete who played the game uh, physically. I mean, he, he was about as Ronnie Lott as I had seen, right. In terms of being physical, uh, hitting things that move, going downhill and the way he approached and attacked running backs. And, uh, you know, I can, you know, the game that sticks out for me is when uh, we went back to Notre Dame and played uh, in South Bend and the bus was still there. And I mean, John Lynch was coming up attacking every single play, knocking the ball loose. And I just said, man, this dude, you know, this dude's a player. Now, I don't know, you know, maybe I didn't say Hall of Fame then, but but to go see him have the kind of career he had in the NFL was not surprising. Uh, because as we talked about, it starts with an attitude and approach, and then he had the physical skills to go with it. Kenya, last thing for me, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit uh, about um, something about you off the field, Keenan, which I think is important. Um, you did not grow up in Pacific Palisades. You, you did not. Uh, and talk a little bit about your upbringing and you could have easily, you know, gotten in trouble. Uh, there were gangs. Uh, what happened to the young Keenan Turner? Who kept you straight? And how did you end up emerging like you did? Yeah, God, man, I, I tell you, uh, you know, uh, I had just an unbelievable family support system, right? Uh, I was raised by a village, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and of men and women. So what I had around me were hardworking uh, nine to five folks that was a very strong structure of family. You know, my, my grandmother was the head of it. 
she had uh, six brothers and, and three sisters and they and they were the foundation of our family. And my mom and dad, you know, were were strong in that dad worked two jobs probably for 15 or 20 years of my coming up. Mom worked every day at Spiegel's for 30 plus years. And so I just was around hardworking folks, right. That, that just kept their nose on the grind and did it. So uh, not you know, not many college graduates, if any in the group. And so, uh, and so, and I, and I hadn't developed the, you know, a, a you know, school skill set throughout high school. I was fortunately always attached and attracted to sports. My dad played and uh, my young days were filled with getting to a point where I could beat my dad, no matter, no matter what we were doing, basketball <laughs> or pool or cards or, you know, and that's, and I stayed the course. Right. And so, uh, uh, you know, went to a high school that was, you know, big sports high school, 4,500 students, 1,200 freshman class. And it was about sports. And I got, I fell into that group, right. I fell into that group of, of folks that, uh, you know, uh, was intrigued by competing and, um, you know, had some physical skills as a young kid, but undeveloped. And, you know, and that's where some luck got in it. Did you lose some buddies along the way, Kena? Oh, for sure. But I, you know, I always had a very, you know, uh, tight knit group. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of, knew a lot of people and through sports, a lot of people knew me, but I had a pretty you know, tight group, but all of it was all around. I mean, Chicago's a pretty rough place now, and it was a rough place, you know, 40 years ago. Uh, so, you know, those, you know, those elements and those things have always been there. Clearly, education is meaningful to you, too, Kina. You go back to Purdue and get the diploma there. I was wondering, what was it like to go back there 41 years later and be in the same ceremony with your daughter, in the same stadium where you yeah. starred for the Boilermakers. Yeah, so surreal moments, man. It was, you know, uh, and I've I've learned as I've gotten a little older what enjoying the moment can mean is just really being present and taking around, taking in the surroundings and just, you know, seeing it all. And so we we had the opportunity to be in Ross Eight the day before the graduation to really just look around and sit in the stands and you know, think about some of the moments of games and just being there. And so I was first and foremost, so happy for my daughter and her accomplishments and uh, her achievement and how special it was for me and realizing how special it was for me that she decided to go there four years ago and uh, which brought me back on campus more over the last few years. And so just really, really emotional and special and, uh, you know, and it, it, uh, it, you know, someone asked me before uh, graduation day, uh, what was my best memory uh, moment of West Lafayette or Purdue? And I said, well, I think it's going to happen on Saturday. I think it'll be Saturday. And now looking back, it, it definitely was. So. Well, our little known fact about Kena, revealed by Eddie DeBartle, another friend of this show, he played Super Bowl 16 with the chicken pox. I think you played the championship game that year with the chicken pox too. Yeah. What, what is more difficult? What you went through that experience or trying to complete your degree at Purdue? 
Oh, no, no, definitely the physical geography <laughs> class was, was tougher than, than the chicken pie. But I will tell you this, Ira, at Clark, about the chicken pie. So you get, and, you know, I'm sure you guys know this, you get them older, man, and it, it's it's kind of yep. rough, right? Yep. And so the one memory that I have of the chicken pies was that I had them everywhere, right? I had them in my mouth. I had them, at, I mean, my butt. I had them everywhere so it was it was about as uncomfortable as it gets uh but it was no way I was gonna miss that NFC championship game and for sure not gonna miss that Super Bowl because right you know who knows how many of those you ever get and so uh so yeah man it's it's a good man the memory is we won the game right that's the memory right? well and as, so. as uh, you pointed out your four-time Super Bowl champion could have been a six-time Super Bowl champion had a storied college football career where does this accomplishment rank in your life Kina where do you put this one in terms of getting that degree from the university from Purdue University well, I, man, for me, it all starts with the kids, right? And so I've been very lucky with my, my oldest daughter, you know, has her PhD and is a teacher. And those were proud moments for me to see her, you know, her accomplishments, you know, to see my daughter finish this phase of her her school. You know, my piece in it, uh, I, the, I mean, the, the birth of your kids, you know, those are monumental moments in life right and so so memorable right and so those things are are there right and I think all of those personal things and relationships kind of shadow over the, the the Super Bowls and all of that they're on the other side of it all so this accomplishment because it was with her is extremely special and it's somewhere up there uh, but but the kids and watching and being a part of their lives and and watching them have some success and go through their valleys and, you know, be there for them to, you know, to carry on and work through life. And, and all of that is, you know, probably, you know, where I try to stay fixated these days. Tina Turner. Thanks so much. Always, always, always a pleasure to speak to you. Congratulations to you, your daughter and your family on a special day in May. And, and thanks so much, Kina, for the time and the friendship you afforded me when I was covering the 49ers in the 1990s. Yeah, appreciate you, Clark. Thanks much, Ira. Thanks, Katie. Okay. That was the 49ers, Keena Turner and Ira. A, a terrific accomplishment to do that at the age of 62. Go back and get your degree. What a career. What, what a guy. And, uh, you know, so well-spoken. And, uh, boy, you, you can see how he fits in with that 49er machine in, in, in the 80s. Whoa! They must have loved Keena Turner too, Ira. Or is that our weekly I Was There segment? I think it's our yeah. I Was There segment. You know, Clark, there's a saying, everybody's got to be somewhere. So where the heck were you, Mr. Judge? Well, following on the heels of the 49ers theme, I thought I'd take you back there, Ian as well, back there to 1994, the fall of 1994. I think it was September. I was covering the team my first year. I'd moved up from San Diego, covering the Chargers down there for 10 years, come up north, covering the 49ers. First month there. And on Tuesdays, as you know, Ira, they're off days for players. They, players don't go to the facility. But I would always go out there because I was single and I had nowhere else to go. So I just lived out there. So I went out there on a Tuesday, raining outside and nothing was going on. And um, I called a few people in there and stared at the walls. And then about 530, I thought, I'm going to leave. So I'm leaving the facility. And I go out and turn on my car, the ignition, and it doesn't work. It's dead. And it's dead because... 
I left the lights on. I did that more than once, left the lights on. So I come oh, in, boy. talk to the security guard who wasn't particularly happy and not all that cooperative, but I'm saying, I, I need a jump here. I, I, do you have do you have cables or anything? And um, and he goes, I, I don't know. I mean, what's the problem? I said, it's a dead battery. We could call a garage. At which point out of the locker room, from the weight room in the locker room comes Steve Young. Oh, Steve Young, Steve Young. So what's the problem here? And I said, uh, uh, I, I've got a dead battery. And keep in mind, this is my first year. I've been covering this team for two months in Rockland for a month and here in, in September. And he goes, um, you're, you're Clark Judge, right? You just, you're doing this for the Mercury? And then you just start, yeah. I said, I, you, don't, you don't need to get involved here, Steve. He goes, oh, I'd like to. So he says, what do you need? I said, you need a jump. Let's see if we can get some cables. He gets cables. We throw open the hood. He gets under, hooked up the car to, I think he had a truck or something, and, and hooked there, and he gives me the jump start. That's it. Thanks very much. People talk about how quarterbacks and players today aren't available. He was very available to me that day. He volunteered to jump the car, did it, and then drove off without thinking a thing about it. And I said, Steve, can't thank you enough. And I got to be honest with you, it led to a great um, relationship between Steve and me uh, throughout the years, I, I love dealing with him. He was so cooperative and was so uh, resourceful, but I, I really enjoyed the time. I got, I Mark, uh, th that is the moment, the very moment that Steve Young earned your MVP that, vote. He earned my Hall of Fame that year. He did win that MVP vote that year as well as the Super Bowl, but you're right. Um, anyway, uh, Ira, um, we don't have Steve Young here, but I got you. Any final thoughts today? Well, Clark, tell me what you think about this. Um, the Bucks and the Chiefs are talking about running the table and going 20 and zero, Mr. Yeah. Judge. Good luck. They have not, they have not uh, heated up the first hot dog in the press box yet, and we're already talking about perfect seasons. Is I, that I crazy, Mr. J? Crazy? Absolutely. I, I laugh every time I hear that. It, it hasn't happened for a reason because it ain't going to happen. But every year they talk about, oh, is this the year? Is this the year? Ian knows best. You had a team that was 18 and zero. Even. I'm sorry. They were 18 and one. Um, <laughs> but um, in my final thought here, Ira, is because this is Lou Gehrig today, uh, Lou Gehrig Day today. It was 70 years ago that Lou Gehrig, as we know, passed away from ALS. And again, following on the 49ers theme, making this sort of a 49ers show, uh, Dwight Clark, um, the legendary receiver, passed away from ALS, a horrible disease that affects far too many people and, and a number of NFLers, Steve McMichael's dealing with it, uh, as we know, and, um, and numbers of others. But uh, Dwight Clark was somebody I treasured at the 49ers when he was in the front office. I didn't cover him as a player. I covered him from afar as a player. But uh, I saw what it did to him, and it, it was cruel, and it happens all the time throughout this country. And I think the more we can spend time trying to cure that awful, awful disease, the better off uh, this entire country and world will be. But anyway, I think of Dwight Clark in the 49ers a day like today. Um, that's going to do it. Um, we're not going to need Steve Young or jumper cables until we return next week. So <laughs> in the meantime, uh, Ira, tell people where they can find you on Twitter. At iKaufman76. Ian, you're next up. At IGLEN31. And I'm at Clark Judge, T-O-F. And if we don't hear from you there, what happens, Ian? Tell them what happens. You can follow us on Twitter at ITestFor2, all letters, no numbers. And what happens next week, Ira, at this time? We do it all again, baby. We do all it all again. again. You are correct, sir. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.